Hey folks, Zach Goss from Now You Insider, Indianapolis Star, Bloomington Herald Times. It is Mind Your Banners for Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. Uh, across from me virtually, Tyler Tackman. This is your uh, 23 debut, Tyler. Um, I don't think we've had you. I think we went, to be fair, I think we went on one podcast since the year turn um, because of the long layoff. Um, talking a little bit about... Um, well, a lot about Iowa and Northwestern, maybe a little bit about Penn State and just kind of the week to come. Um, ultimately, Tyler, I think it's it's fair to sort of say that Indiana exists somewhere between the sky is falling. It is worth saying they lost two games by three points last week. Um, and everything's fine, nothing to worry about, because on the other hand, those are two games Indiana really needed to win. Um, certainly at least one of them, you'd say. Um, they lost both. They looked bad in the second half at Iowa. They looked bad in the first and parts of the second half against Northwestern. They added another potentially long-term injury to uh, another uh, experienced starter. And they just kind of look like a team that that really is not prepared to win the way that they, you know, kind of are structured to win, which is defending the ball really tough, defending the rim really tough, and then kind of letting that take care of what they do at the other end of the floor. They are just really um, – they're just really struggling with the stuff that we thought, I think justifiably, was going to make them a tough team this year. They're playing in stretches. You know, they, they have stretches. When you look at how they started against Iowa, I mean, that, that was a fantastic start to the game. Um, you know, you could argue there were a couple runs during the Northwestern game where – Indiana look really good, but it's just not it's not on a consistent enough basis. And to me, this is like similar to what we've basically seen like the last few seasons of Indiana can put together really good stretches of play and maybe even a game of it, but it, it's not something that has been put together on a consistent basis. And the most concerning thing to me is that this isn't like a race Thompson is, you know, from, from everything we, we know that this isn't like a race Thompson is out for one game. Like these problems that Indiana, you know, ha- is having, they're going to have to deal with this for the foreseeable future, given that Xavier Johnson and race Thompson are uh, both out indefinitely, that there's not going to be anything like coming to save them in the immediate future, they have the, the roster they have is what they have. And they're going to have to deal with the problems that they've had the, the last two games, you know, with, with the same guys. So it's going to have to be some guys growing up really fast. I think Malik Renew is one of those guys that I think, I mean, he just has so much talent. We've seen flashes of it and he's really hit those freshman struggles, which I don't think many people, including myself expected him to hit given what we had seen from him earlier in the season. But I think he's a guy you really need to step up. I think, you know, and I wrote about this after the North Northwestern game is that it feels like Indiana has a lot of role players that just aren't ready to take on bigger responsibilities right now. And, you know, Tamar Bates has definitely made strides from his freshman season, but is he a guy right now that you can trust to, to get you 15 a game, to get you 10 a game, to to carry an offense on a consistent basis. Because now that the 
these guys will have to take on larger roles. This isn't a you can come off the bench and produce one of every four games. No, this is Indiana needs them on a consistent basis. This isn't a Jordan Geronimo can come in and, and, and give a spark once every you know three games, once every five games, and that'll be okay because you have Xavier Johnson, you have Race Thompson, you have uh, Jalen Huchafino, you have Trace Jackson Davis. You don't have that those four guys that you can rely on um, right now. You only have two of them. So it's got to be a Jordan Geronimo stepping up every game, not just once every five games. So there's a lot of questions. You know, I, I think Indiana has to figure them out very quickly because the Big Ten is just kind of a – it's it's crazy. Even it seems like it's even crazier this season. But um, you need guys to take on bigger responsibilities than they have, and, and do it very quickly. I think you, you know your your point about consistency. Um, I don't think it manifests itself anywhere more so than defense. And and we've talked about defense a lot, but I, I think that's largely because that was really the foundation of why you felt like you could believe in Indiana. You know, when, when you looked at Indiana in the off season and the preseason, they had the, they finished last season with the, the number one overall defense in the big 10 and big 10 play. They were a top 25 defense overall per Ken Palm efficiency wise. They were top 30 in opponent effective field goal percentage. They were top 10 in opponent two point percentage. Um, they were good at keeping opponents off the glass. They protected the rim really, really well. And injuries have definitely affected that to some extent. Um, Xavier Johnson is their best on-ball defender. Race Thompson, I think, is an underrated sort of rim protector rebounder. I mean, like he's 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 got a block rate of six point three percent. That's far and away the best of his career. Um, but if you you know if if I told you November first that on January tenth Indiana would be fifth in the country in effective field goal percentage, that Indiana would be 20th in team three-point shooting percentage, 14th in shooting twos, um, you know, that, that they would they would be, what, 56th in, in block, uh, block rate. So, in other words, not getting the shots blocked a lot. Even their turnover rate, it's 17.8%. It's gone up recently. I think that's been a factor of feeling like they have to force things. Some of it is probably Xavier Johnson and the fact that, that – you know, Jalen Huchifino is a freshman. I think he's had some more issues with turnovers than Johnson did. I think some of it's also that when you get into some of these these shootouts, Indiana feels like they got to force more because they're struggling to defend at the other end. And so suddenly you're you're make, taking bigger risks. You're making more mistakes. My point is, if I told you this was Indiana's offensive profile, that Jalen Huchifino would be where he is offensively, that Tamar Bates would be where he is offensively, that Miller Cop would be where he is offensively, I think you'd say, yeah, Indiana – probably, you know, probably has a chance to be a pretty good team, you know. Um, but it's it's the defense that's just really let them down. And if you look at their their their, their conference-only numbers, obviously it's only four games, but four games is 20% of a conference schedule. They're ninth in adjusted defensive efficiency. They're 11th in, in opponent offensive rebounding percentage. They're 11th in opponent free throw rate, which means they're struggling to keep opponents off the offensive glass and they're struggling to keep them away from the foul line. They're ninth in opponent two-point percentage, which gives you some idea, which is – it's funny because they're ninth in opponent two-point percentage, but second in block rate. So they're still getting the blocks. They're still getting kind of the – you know, the, the the moments around the rim where when the defense works and it's funneling drivers toward a Trace Jackson Davis and Malik Renew, even a Jordan Geronimo, they're getting what they want there. 
what they're losing is the straight line drives to the rim when the offense is pulling their bigs away from the rim. And I think we've seen that a lot with, with obviously Chris Murray, um, Boo Booey had a, a lot of success with that with Northwestern. When the, when, when the offense is pulling, can, can effectively pull bigs out of the post. And a lot of that tends to happen when you're not covering, when you're not switching and rotating to cover shooters well enough. And Indiana is, kind of is in the in the main has not struggled with threes but has had moments where it's struggled with opponents hitting threes then the offense can start to pull you out more um they just have not been able to protect the rim well in those situations and then the other thing is indiana's second to last in turnover percentage in those four games in, in big 10 play again i think some of that comes from feeling like you got to force things but that's going to hurt you defensively because you're giving up a lot of easy run out baskets and it's you know it's hard to kind of i mean some of it, I think, is just pure consistency. Some of it is undeniably at this point anyway, and this hasn't this wasn't true earlier in the season, but it's undeniably true that some of it's it's, you know, injuries now. And yes, you can look at a Jordan Geronimo or Malik Renew and say, Well, we need you to step up. Well, they can do their best, but Race Thompson's a six-year player who's held on to a starting spot for three years that, you know, their best may just not be as good as his best. That's just a reality you have to face. Um I also do wonder about things like tempo. Indiana's first in the conference in average possession length. They're 24th nationally in all games in average possession length. That is a, a far cry from where they were a season ago. They were dead middle of the conference in that a season ago. Are they? Could they play more slowly on offense, or would that just hamper them in terms of um, you know not being able to keep up on the scoreboard because their defense has struggled? The point is, when you talk about consistency, there's no sort of one – red line that, that pushes through all of this, but the biggest one is undeniably that this team just is not as good defensively as we thought it would be. And, and that's concerning, especially when you talk about a loss to a team like Northwestern, that's in the one sixties in, in offensive efficiency, that's in the three thirties in effective field goal percentage. And you gave up 84 points at home against them. My issue, I mean, look, the, the injuries are what they are. There's, I mean, there's not really much control you can have over them. My issue is that if you look against Iowa, just because you have Race Thompson get injured doesn't mean you can just stop what everything that – I mean, much of what Indiana was doing to build that lead. Like, you can't – like, to me, the response to Race Thompson getting hurt was not good at all. Like – just because someone gets hurt doesn't mean you stop what you were doing to build the lead. Because I mean, they—I mean, that, that was a really dominant start, and I know that that lead had started to get cut into when Race Thompson got hurt. But to me, there's the, there's the controllables and there's the uncontrollables. Some of the un, uh, uncontrollables, you know, Xavier Johnson getting hurt, Race Thompson getting hurt. But the controllables are how Indiana responds to that, and. I don't think their response has been good. When you look at you know teams being able to battle back from adversity, being able to um, show fight, you know, in, in the Kansas game as well, Xavier Johnson goes out. Indiana was already down at that point. Pretty, you know, they they were getting beaten pretty handily at that point. But the response was was not good there. And you know, I don't think this is a team that up to this point has really shown a great. Uh, a great amount of resil like resilience in terms of being able to respond to adversity. They've been hit with a lot of adversity so far this season. 
and I don't think the response has been great. I think the response has been really good from Trace Jackson Davis. Um, I think it's been pretty good from uh, Jalen Huchafino with with what he's been through with uh, his back issue. And um, but I don't think it's a team that's incapable of showing resilience because we've seen. I mean, going back to last season where in the Big Ten tournament they were playing with their backs up against the wall pretty much in order to make the NCAA tournament and and they rattle off those two wins um, and lose to Iowa. But I think this is a team that has it in them. I think they just might have to dig deeper. And, and you were mentioning too, basically about, um, you know, Indiana's incapability or, you know, the struggles to play defense when you pull big men, uh, you know, out of the paint. But I, I look at the game against Arizona and, and that's when Indiana – still has Xavier Johnson and still had race Thompson and Arizona is admittedly a really good offensive team, but uh, Indiana's defense got diced even with, with those guys. So um, look, I mean, I just, you know, I think Indiana, yep. Yeah, I mean, like, like to your point about the defense um, definitely needing to step up, but you know, I think this Mike Woodson built uh, you know, he, he he said repeatedly that he wanted to build build it on defense, and uh, you know, when he came in as head coach, and we saw how much that manifested last year. But just the 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 regression, I think, um, has has really been troubling. I think there's there's two sides to this, and and one is a little bit more. I don't know if excusable is the word, but the, you know there are times where fans will say things like, well, you just have to find a way. But, you know, if, if Race Thompson is that much better than Jordan Geronimo or Malik Renu, and there's plenty of reason why he should be. He's a sixth-year player. He's been through a lot more than those players have. He's seen a lot more. He's done a lot more. You look at the Iowa game, for example, Chris Murray scores 30 points. Um, Race Thompson goes down kind of the lat, what, about six, seven minutes to go, I think, in the first half. At the time Race Thompson goes down, Chris Murray only has seven points. Race Thompson is plus 16, which winds up being Indiana's best uh, plus-minus performance on the night. He's got nine points and three rebounds. And, you know, on, 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 or, or it's it's not coincidence, I should say, that Race Thompson is, is Indiana's primary cover on Chris Murray. So my point is – there's an extent to which sometimes when you say things like, oh, you just have to find a way. Well, sometimes there isn't necessarily a way, at, at least insofar as just sort of plugging in the next guy, because there's a reason why this guy's starting over those guys. There's a reason why Indiana built an entire, you know, defensive game plan around race Thompson on Iowa's best player, Iowa's most dangerous player. And so, on the one hand, listen, it's it's on coaches and, and and even to some extent players to find solutions to problems. I'm not suggesting you just throw your hands up and quit. But there there is an extent to which you you sometimes have to acknowledge that that, you know, some of those things that you say are, are outside Indiana's control. Sometimes they're going to have an impact that's also at least somewhat outside Indiana's control. But then there's the there's the other side of this, which I think is you kind of brought up there with Arizona, with Kansas, which I think is fair, too, which is. I've said this before this season. Um, 
it has not felt like Indiana has had the same, with the exception of when we're talking about obviously the good teams Indiana's played, the high major teams, the 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 power five teams, the the you know what Ken Palm classifies as tier A plus tier B teams, A tier A or B teams. Indiana has not consistently looked as sharp defensively as a team, even when they've been healthier than they are right now, um, as they did a year ago. And that's not to say they were perfect defensively a year ago. They had a couple stinkers. The, the Illinois game at home got away from them. The Michigan game at home was ugly. Um, but this was a group that, I've said this before, at its best a season ago, looked like it understood that there were going to be nights when the only way it was going to win, the only way home was just to defend for its life. And um, I don't think you have seen quite that urgency from Indiana defensively this season. Now, you know, Indiana's plugged one or two freshmen into big roles. And I think Jalen hood shafina has been really, really, really good offensively the last few games. I think you can still see some ways he needs to get better defensively. Um, we've talked about Malik Renew and, and how, you know, at, at times he can be really good, but at times he can also struggle, particularly with defending without fouling. Um, but I'm not just talking about freshmen as weak points in a defense. Good players, players that played – you know, much better individually and collectively defensively a year ago, just have not hit that mark, you know, consistently at all this season. I mean, Indiana's lost five of its last six games against high major opponents. It's lost its last four in, in all four of, um, in all four of those losses, it has allowed at least 1.1 points per possession. And again, there's some good offenses in there, but like Northwestern, for example, really has no business scoring 84 points at Assembly Hall. That's that's just not, you know, if, if Indiana can't stop that, then Indiana's in real trouble. And so there's, I think the, the challenge in front of Mike Woodson right now is figuring out in a relatively short space of time, I think fans often think there's a lot of time between games, but there's really not, you know, from the perspective of how much time you've got to break down and digest film, you know, learn from it, teach your players from it, prepare for the next opponent and go. In a relatively short space of time, Mike Woodson's got to figure out here basically what about this gets fixed as and when Indiana gets some of that 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 mentality back defensively that he talks about, that toughness back defensively that he talks about. And what about this gets fixed, at least in the near term, unless Indiana, you know, or until Indiana can start getting healthy again, what about this gets fixed because Woodson tweaks something, gives something up somewhere else. He and his staff basically decide we're going to, you know, I mean, for example, they played a lot of zone. I mean, he basically said, you know, against Northwestern to mixed results, they played more zone than he'd ever played. And he'd, he'd ever had a team play in a game in his career. Um, you know, at, at what point do you start making some compromises in what you want to do as a coach, at least in the near term? Um, because you just recognize that there are certain elements of what you're trying to do at a basic level that you just can't do without an Xavier Johnson, that you just can't do without a race Thompson. And that it's not, you know, it's, it's not Jordan Geronimo's fault. He's not race Thompson. It's not, you know, CJ Gunn's fault or, or, or Tamar Bates's fault. He's not Xavier Johnson. You've just got to compromise somewhere else for a little while. That's the tough thing as a coach is, is, you know, and, and these are the things that coaches 
wrestle with all day is ba- or all day every day is basically how much of this can be solved by challenging my players by pushing them further than they think they can go and how much is of this is going to have to be me figuring out you know where to to rob peter to pay paul a little bit until we can feel like we're back toward full strength i think your point is fair about if race thompson's out you you probably don't have a guy that's or you don't have another race thompson if he's out but I think that's where it comes into where you you have to do it by committee. You know, Jordan Geronimo isn't going to be Race Thompson. Malik Renu isn't going to be Race Thompson. But if you can, by a sum of parts, make up for that, I think that, you know, it, it can happen by committee. That that That's kind of when you have such uh, key pieces like Race Thompson and Xavier Johnson out that it needs to be – by you know a collection of guys it needs to be by three guys elevating their game by two guys elevating their game and 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 making it a, a sum of parts and and the thing that i think we've seen and i i know i've, I've mentioned this a couple of times but with with jordan geronimo and malik renew their inability to guard without fouling i mean that 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 has really hurt indiana um and, and it's not like you know, race Thompson. It's not like you, those two guys have come in and you really just need almost someone that's like serviceable defensively. I feel like both of the, you know, Jordan Geronimo and Malik Renew up to this point, they're just having a really difficult time guarding without fouling. They're not, they're not even really playing average defense, defense each. Um, they're really, I mean, it, they're struggling from, from how I see it. And, and I think if you can, get each of them to elevate to being serviceable, to being average, to being comfortable, then I think Indiana's defense um, can take strides. And, you know, I I look at it too. I know there's been conversation of should Indiana start three guards, Miller Cop at the four, Trace Jackson Davis at the five. And I think that there's there's a lot of good arguments for that. My issue is, how does that affect Indiana on the defensive rebounding end? Because that's already been a struggle when Indiana was playing two big men. And now if you have, if you would start Jalen hood Trey Galloway, Tamar Bates, Miller Cop, and Trace Jackson Davis, if that's a lineup you would roll out on a consistent basis, can they grab enough defensive rebounds? Because now, say you do improve the defense, but then you're going to give teams two and three and maybe four extra chances, then you're kind of running into almost the same issues um, even if your defense does improve. So, you know, do you roll out that smaller lineup and and possibly leave more room for uh, other teams to get offensive rebounds? Do you, do you stick with Jordan Geronimo, who made his first career start at IU against Northwestern, but has had a lot of trouble um, guarding without fouling? Do you throw in Malik Renu, who has a lot of talent? But like I said, same issue defensively. I just – I don't see, like, one answer right now that is necessarily um, sticking, ab- you know, sticking above the rest in terms of this is a really good solution. And I think that's kind of one of the problems Indiana has right now is that it- it's difficult to find the pathway to what's the way to be successful right now. Because it's obviously improving defense, but how do you do that? And what what lineup is going to be most effective in that? And I think 
that's maybe something that Indiana is just going to have to kind of work through right now and maybe go with the smaller lineup and see how that does. If that doesn't work, you might need to throw Malik Renew in there. I, I think you just kind of have to mix and match different pieces right now because, I mean, I, there's there's not really much else that you can do at this point. That makes this week fascinating, and I think it's it's fair to say, I mean, Indiana's got to find a win somewhere this week, maybe two. Um, and I think we're 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 kind of past talking about, um, obviously Indiana as a Big Ten title contender at this point. They, they've just kind of got to stabilize some things, and it's it's not going to be easy. I mean, they're they're currently projected to lose by one point uh, per Ken Palm at Penn State to win by six at home against Wisconsin. Um, I, I am fascinated by the move to zone like that. That is just something that, that Mike Woodson, I, I think it's, it's, he's certainly been a man to man coach, you know, since he got to Indiana, certainly through a lot of his time in the NBA, um, you know, the, 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 the zone. And again, it was, it was to mixed results. It didn't, it wasn't exactly like it shut Northwestern down, but the, the zone is, is something that I think he's embracing because he feels like he has to, Um I think that there's I've always felt like there's there's in college in particular where you can run into some smaller lineups and where you don't always just have um you, you can't always count on oops, excuse me, I banged on my desk there. You can't always uh count on elite level athleticism at every position. The, the zone can be a mixed bag. So when you look at like a Penn State, for example, um Penn State shoots a ton of threes that they're 15th in the country in in three-point attempts as a percentage of their field goal attempts they are 19th in the country in three-point shooting percentage um a huge piece of why their offense works um because they they tend to go with uh i mean that they they for better or worse essentially start a three a four guard lineup seth lundy is i guess probably a, a forward to some extent um, but he's taken more threes this season than he has twos, and he does not rebound the ball offensively. He's only six foot six, so we can, we can call him a forward. Um, but really, he, if he is, he's a stretch forward. Um, obviously, Penn State's got Jalen Pickett, who's had a fantastic season. But the things, what Penn State does is they play a lot of. You know, I don't know if I'd call it just flat out four out, but they they put four guys, three, four guys on the floor. They can hit threes. They share the ball. They move it. They don't turn it over. They're first in the country in, in turnover percentage. They do not rebound the ball offensively at all. They do not get to the free, free throw line very much. I know Michael Shrewsbury had a a, a bit of a, a, a shared a bit of frustration with the referee after the Purdue game around that, but they're 362nd in the country in free throw rate. And I think a lot of that is because they shoot threes, but they make a lot of threes. Um, That is the sort of team that it feels like you, you maybe can't play a ton of zone against. On the other hand, if you're struggling to contain a guy like Jalen Pickett, whose assist rate is just astronomical right now, then maybe you feel like you have to play some zone, even if it leaves a couple shooting windows open because you need to keep him out of the lane. Then you get to a Wisconsin team that is, um, you know, I don't want to say polar opposite, but they're very different in some ways. They, they're accurate on threes, uh, and they score quite a few. Well, let me let me rephrase. 
they're accurate overall on threes in conference play. That has not been the case through, through four conference games or three and one, they, they just lost to Illinois. Um, overall this season, they've shot 37.3% on three pointers, but in conference play, it's only 31.5%. They are 21st in the country in points off of, in, in terms of distribution of points as a percentage, they score, uh, they are 21st in the country overall, scoring 38.5% of their points on three pointers. In Big Ten play, that number's down to 31.8%, and they're eighth in the conference. And so with Wisconsin, it's a bit more of a gamble of basically just which one is, is the, for lack of a better term, the real Wisconsin. Um, which one do you, do you feel like you prepare for more? One that can hit a bunch of threes on you, or one that maybe you are a little bit safer playing that zone? Um, keeping Chucky Hepburn out of the lane, giving Tyler Wall some trouble, giving Stephen Crowell some trouble. Um, I just it, it this kind of gets back to my point, which is, and again, some of this is where Indiana has been struggling for a while. Some of it is a little bit more related to to injuries um, and and to trying to just sort of get through this right now. If you're Indiana, but this is where a coach has to do some firefighting at times. And, and just has to has to sort of figure out, um, you know, we were it's not an enviable it's not an enviable position to be in. But Indiana has got to. You know, Indiana can't necessarily look at it and just say, well, we can just keep doing things the way we do them because our way is winning us games. Um, there's injuries. There's there's issues, you know, with with the guys that are out there it's on this coaching staff to figure out basically what's the the best way to put this team together. Um, And you almost kind of have to live game by game. You know, when, when you're really good defensively, like you were a year ago, you can just look at every opponent and you can just say, we're just going to defend the way we defend and you're going to have to beat it. And obviously some teams did, but it was still good enough to get Indiana. The numbers they got, it was still good enough to get them into the tournament. Um, This year, they're not in that position and they are going to have to go a little bit more game by game for a while until they can get some things right. And again, that's not a position you want to be in, but it's where Indiana is. And um, this is, I think, very much one of those times when a, a head coach earns his salary or or doesn't, frankly. I think, you know, probably one of the most disheartening things um, right now for, for Indiana fans probably is that they do have to go on a game-by-game basis. And, you know, that's <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Uh, you know, largely due to injuries. The reason that that's frustrating is because this is what Indiana has had to do basically for a sizable portion of the last few seasons. Like, in, in I mean, I, if you look at last season, the defense um, was something that was really reliable. But if you go back even to Archie Miller's second to last season as head coach. Indiana was very like game to game. It was like a is Devontae Green <clears throat> excuse me, is Devontae Green gonna go off? Like it, it it there was there was not a whole lot of consistency. Um you know then then the COVID season it was really relying on Trace Jackson Davis. Um and, and obviously that turned out the way it did. But Indiana still put together good performances. They won at Iowa. They beat Iowa again at home. Like, this was a team 
that has shown capabilities to win big games, but the the thing that it just felt like they were surviving game by game, like you didn't know what you were going to get on a game by game basis. And because you look at the the game that Indiana won at Iowa in that COVID season where you felt like, okay, maybe this is a turning point. They come back home and they lose to Rutgers. That was the consistency piece of the program in it. And I don't want to push too much of Archie Miller's tenure together with Mike Woodson, but I think that's what maybe is most frustrating now for Indiana fans is that this feels like it had this, this very similar to what it it's the is. sense that, that Indiana has not found some of those intangibles that they lost under Archie Miller when you thought maybe they'd made some of that progress last year under Mike. Right. And, and I think this is this season, it was the hope of a big 10 championship and, and, and Indiana is going to get consistency. Indiana is going to win the games that it should win. They're going to also win big games. They're also not going to have letdowns after big wins that this is going to be a more complete team, a more consistent team. And now the way it is with the injuries, with the things Indiana can control, you know, with the things they can't, it just very much feels like what, you know, what Indiana has had to do is basically survive on a game to game basis and rely on Trace Jackson Davis really heavily rely on Jalen Hood Shafino really heavily, which, um, you know, basically relying on one or two guys. And if those one or two guys don't play well, it's going to be a really uphill battle to winning. So I think the fact that Indiana basically has to, that you don't know what you're going to get on a game by game basis. You don't know what team is going to show up. You know, it's, it's what Indiana has done the last few seasons. And it's, I think what Indiana fans had hoped wouldn't happen this season. And the fact that, that we're here again, um, I think is is kind of what's frustrating, and and I don't really see in in the in the short term. Like, I, I don't know if I can say anything that's going to make Indiana f- fans feel better because I feel like right now it's just about treading water and trying to stay afloat until you can possibly get Race Thompson and Xavier Johnson back. And for for right now, it's just kind of surviving and advancing and trying to not sink. I think the flip side is it is worth saying, um, and and we'll we'll finish up here. Indiana's got no bad losses. I mean, even Northwestern, like that's not a loss you necessarily want at home. But if Indiana does enough to counteract it in Big Ten play, they're okay. They picked up a couple of good wins in the non-conference. Um, if you if you subscribe to the Ken Palm numbers, their five losses are to 16, 11, 5, 40, and fifty three. That's all acceptable. Um, only one of those losses is at home. And as we've said many times, um, you know, if you I'm staring at Indiana's schedule right now, only one team left on Indiana's schedule is ranked worse than 54th by Ken Palm right now. Um, so basically my my point is, you know, you're right, Indiana, like I said, I think you say treading water. I think that's fair. I, I think Indiana really is just living game to game at the moment and and just – trying to solve the problems of the immediate, even more so that I know people always use the cliches only that we're only worried about the next game. We're only focused on the next game, but even more so now, I think Indiana is just trying to, to sort of get through this 40 minutes, win this 40 minutes and then get to the next one, win the next one as they get healthier, as maybe they, they, if they can't, if they can fix some of these problems as they fix them, then things can start to get better. But the one good thing, you know, 
if you're an Indiana fan, the, the one thing to take heart in, if if you want something to take heart in, is that there is ample opportunity still for quality wins. Indiana's got a good a good road win already on its schedule. It's got a couple quality home wins on its schedule, and there is there's plenty of opportunity, you know, to to dig out. I mean, if Indiana, I'm not saying all is solved, but if Indiana went two and zero this week, for example. That would be, I think, a quad one and a quad two win on their schedule. They'd be back to three and three in the conference. And it would feel, I think things would feel a lot different just if you could beat Penn State and Wisconsin. Um, but this team's obviously got some things they need to address. They've got Trace Jackson Davis playing really well, albeit through some pain. They've got Jalen Hutchfino, as you said, playing really well. They have just got to figure out kind of where to fill the other gaps in. Um, we'll leave it there. He's Tyler Tackman. I'm Zach Osterman. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Mind Your Banners for, that's my dryer going off. This has been Mind Your Banners for uh, January 10th, 2023. We'll be back next week recapping Penn State, Wisconsin. Until then, we'll talk. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.